0: Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to A Pretty Normal Podcast, a show that reimagines what society considers normal. Each week, I interview different guests about the topics they're most passionate about. And this week, I got to finally interview someone who started her podcasting journey right around the same time as this podcast. So thanks to Mutual Podcast Connections, I've had the chance to watch her grow her podcast and give a platform to some amazing women and men who give a wonderful advice and speak about career changes. Her name is Morgane Ruiz Carrera, and she is the host of Way of Living podcast. We had a great conversation about a variety of topics, including why she moved from France to London, childcare, and what she's learned from her guests and more. I wanna also thank her for being so open with me and speaking about her past toxic relationship. It's not an easy thing to speak about, but I'm glad I got to know about her past and how it's led her to where she is today. Without further ado, my name is Xavier Diaz, and you are now listening to A Pretty Normal Podcast. You're listening to a pretty normal podcast, a show that highlights the fascinating stories and thought provoking moments that make up our lives. My name is Xavier Diaz, and I want to hear your story. So I'm here with Morgan, Ruse Carrera, the host of the Way of Living podcast. How's it going? How's everything today?
1: It's perfect. How are you?
0: Doing well, doing well. So I wanted to reach out to you because I've seen your podcast growing for a bit now. And uh, when did you start?
1: I started this July, actually.
0: Just okay. So yeah, it's I started in June. So we started around the same time. I think I've been seeing yours through uh, the cross pods directory. I think that's where I first saw it. Um, Mm. But I wanted to reach out because your podcast is all about just uplifting women and encouraging and empowering women. So that's always a good thing. Mm. Uh, I think we always need more people helping do that. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and why you started the way of living podcast?
1: So a little bit about myself. I just graduated um, this summer um, in journalism. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really love all the broadcasting side of journalism, meeting people, talking to them, interviewing them, getting their story out there. And um, yeah, I think like at the end of June, I started thinking, what do I really want to do? And podcasting has been in the back of my mind. I was a co-host on another show uh, a year ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I worked on a radio as well. And yeah, I really loved that. And after talking to a few people, friends, I decided to start my own podcast. And that's why, like, I think at the beginning, I didn't really have a niche. I didn't really know what was my podcast going to be apart from just, I want to interview people and get their success story out there. Mm-hmm. But then, after a few episodes, I realized that I was interviewing only women because I was looking only for women. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm interviewing amazing, incredible, successful women who change careers and stuff. And I think that's that's what I'm going to do now. I'm just going to interview people about women's success and
0: yeah. Well, I have seen that you have interviewed men. Recently, yeah. there's been, so what made you, yeah, what made you go out and, and reach out to them specifically?
1: They, they reached out to me actually. Um. So it's a host and a co-host and I interviewed them separately and um, I actually interviewed them because their podcast and their life coaches as well. And it's all about women. Most of their clients are actually women. And it was, to me, it was really interesting to see a male point of view because it's it's nice to hear about women, but that's nice as well to hear about men that helped women um, Mm -hmm. uh, grow their careers, change careers, find the motivation and uh, the courage. And I think it was really interesting uh, for my audience because in my audience I actually have men. um, So I think it was really interesting to see like the variety and uh, both sides sometimes. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And yeah. a little bit more about your background. You currently live in the UK, but you are not originally born in the UK, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: So you are from, originally from France?
1: Yes, I'm French. I'm uh, born and raised there. And I came to London. I only lived in London uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I came here nine years ago, nine and a half years ago.
0: And what made you move from France to the UK?
1: Ah. Uh, f- I wanted well, to London I wanted to learn English first of all because um, I went for to Germany for like nine months a year when I was like 18 um, and I loved like learning new languages and I thought English was something to have and especially because when I was 20 years old I wanted to be a cabin crew mm-hmm. and because I love traveling and I love uh, Well, I worked in hospitality back in the time. So I was like, yeah, that that fits together, traveling, hospitality, but you're on the plane, you just do the same, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, quick
0: question, that's interesting. So in France, English is not prioritized in school? Absolutely not. No? No.
1: French people are extremely bad at English, really bad.
0: So if, if you meet somebody who's from France and they know English, it's because they went out of their way to get like secondary schooling for English? Or how is it that most people there learn?
1: I think most of them, and especially because I'm 30, so people around my age and older, definitely it's because that's people who traveled or take lessons or, I don't know, studied English, uh, extracurriculum. But I think nowadays... Um, even France, we're way more, you know, like we travel. people travel all the time, you, from mm-hmm. a very young age. My daughter, she's been traveling since she was three months old, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I well, think. That's what's yeah.
0: amazing about Europe and, and Europeans is that it's so close and you could take a train or like a, local, like a two hour flight and be in a whole other country and it's uh-huh. so cheap, it's so inexpensive to, to travel around Europe, it's so awesome.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. We're really lucky with that. Well, with the Brexit, we don't know if we're going to be part of the Europe anymore. But yeah, yeah, I think that's why the new generation, if they know about uh, English, for example, I've got a friend, her sister, she learned English completely by watching movies or by uh, listening to songs and translating, you -hmm. know. Uh, But again, they learn by themselves, not at school.
0: That's you so know. interesting that it's not prioritized. Like, we learn
1: English. That's the first language we learn, but it's just really, really bad. We're not pushed mm. enough. It's not something very yeah, prioritized at all.
0: And when you got to London, you noticed right away the, the curriculum change, like how different the curriculum was for when, how they teach English?
1: Well, the thing is, when I came to the UK, I was out of uh, school already. Cause I was like 20, 21. Yeah, well, I was 21. Well, 2021, and um, yeah, I dropped out of college, well, uni, uh, and because I didn't want to study what I was studying. That's why I'm doing my podcast about change of careers, because this is the story of my life.
0: (laughs) What were you originally studying?
1: I was studying um, business, business, and like, yeah, international business, and it was Mm. not my thing at all anymore. And so when I came here, I actually came here as an au pair, I don't know if, if you know what's an au pair. It's like a nanny.
0: I do. My wife is a former au pair. So, yes. I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh,
1: awesome. But you
0: went from France to London as an au pair?
1: Yes, exactly. That's exactly. so interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I know au pairs because they come to the United States. But the, uh, it's interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't realize. Well, I did realize. But it didn't occur to me that, yeah, au pairs go all over the world. So, it's Absolutely, not just in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I had so an You went
0: originally. Back. How long did you were you an au pair?
1: Um, so I, wh- I started here. So when I came here, I went straight to a family because I moved from France to the family straight away. Mm-hmm. And after that, I tried to do something on my own, but um, I've had like some uh, financial problem and stuff like that. So I decided um, to leave the flat and go back to the au pair life
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I wanted to stay at least one year in the UK. That was my goal and I wanted to reach my goal. Because if I left the UK after just six months, I would have thought it was a bad failure. I was like, no, I'm going to stay in the UK. Mm-hmm. I can't do it financially, so I'm going to go back as a no pair. And I did it. And uh, actually, I fell in, in love with my, baby, my ex-boyfriend, uh, my baby daddy. That's why mm-hmm. I actually stayed for so long in the UK.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, yeah, that's, that's it. Actually, I just stayed here and and after after a year actually i studied english to pass like a little exam i don't really remember how it's called anymore but um yeah i didn't
0: so so you did all pair for how long
1: oh so yeah i did answer your question i think it was a year and a half on and off a year and a half
0: year and a half on and off and then So the situation while while the UK is in the European Union you can go there and just start studying correct there's no no uh visas that you have to get or any per, uh prior requirements or how did that work out how did you get back into school
1: So the thing is I as I said earlier I've been living here for almost 10 years, like nine years and a half. And in the UK, if you live for at least five years in the country without leaving for over 20 days, I think. So don't don't live for a month somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't go back home for like a month or anything. Um, so if you live in the country for five years, you are, you're not a resident, but you have the same benefits as a resident. So you can claim benefits, you can claim, um, student finance so mm-hmm. the thing is when I started when I decided to go back to uni I've, ha- I've been to the country for already more than five years so I, I paid um, my, my, my diploma the same as British people so I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't spend the, the money like a normal French person or like a Brazilian person mm-hmm. that's really expensive
0: gotcha so once you were there after five years you got the rate of a UK citizen uh, like
1: and I had and I and I was country. able to get the benefits as well so that was amazing
0: um, and they helped you with your child care
1: yes they did so they did and because I was at the same because I'm a single mom I was able to claim the same benefits as someone who was earning the minimum wage so um, so, st- student on a student, when you earn minimum wage and you work like a certain amount of hours, uh, you can claim um, like some help. And I think they mm-hmm. pay you like eighty percent of your childcare. Okay,
0: so that,
1: that's really that's, that's really a huge help, Yeah, Yeah, it is. Because here it's so expensive. You know, like my, um, without the benefit, without the help, um, I had to pay one thousand three hundred pounds for a full time childcare.
0: For per month per month, so thirteen hundred pounds per month without any help,
1: without any help, so then I had help, and yeah I, I i don't i I tried not to think about how much I was spending because it was still a lot of money from my pocket anyway, of course, um, as a student
0: it's it's hard
1: yeah, exactly, but you know, because I was a student, um single mom, and all of this, I was extremely lucky to have um help like I was. I don't know how it's like i was on benefits you know when you want to get back on your feet and go back to work and stuff like that i was really like i had so much help Mm -hmm. Uh, it was kind of loans as well so it's money that i have to repay but Mm -hmm. it was amazing for me to get this degree
0: yeah which is the point of a safety net like that it's for people to use as a stepping stone to to reach new careers and to reach new potential because sometimes yeah it's just difficult especially as a single mother student like it's very hard and if you wanted to pursue your education in France, would it have been free for you, or?
1: Yeah, university in France is free, so you just have to buy books. The most expensive is usually uh, accommodation. So imagine if you're from the south of France and your university is in Paris, you obviously need a flat. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's not paid for by the government. But university, schools, you know, like journalism school, for example, you have to pay. This is the same price as any schools um, in Europe. What, it's expensive. What's the
0: difference, of just a school and a university?
1: School is private. University is public. Oh,
0: public. So it's okay.
1: government, and but well, yeah.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Here, university and college are, are the terms, and I I'm I might be wrong, but university I think is usually private. And colleges are usually the public state-owned ones okay. but but um so education would have been free if you had returned back to france after you had learned english for your few years in uk you decided to stay because you said of your child's father did it ever occur to you to go back to france and just get you know free education and what would what would child care in france have been like
1: I don't, I'm gonna answer by the last question, no idea. I have no <laughs> idea how much it costs. I know it costs way less. And for example, because I've never had a kids in France and so I know that for example school, it, they start a little bit earlier than in the UK. In the UK, they, they go to school from 9 a.m. to 3.20, okay? that's mm-hmm. not a lot so there no one works from 10 to 2 you know for no, no one does that or like, what is, it like to, is that
0: like like, a, like the you know how the spaniards do siestas is that the same concept
1: no i don't think so i, I have no idea maybe it's, because oh. it's dark so early all the time <laughs> But. <laughs> The, the extra amount of time you need your child to be taken care of uh, with a childminder or with a nursery, you have to pay for this and it's extremely, extremely expensive. But in France, I've got a friend who has kids there and they finish school at 4.30, 5.00 and then you just have to pay for like an after school club until like seven o'clock sometimes
0: mm-hmm. that's,
1: and that's not that expensive. The reason I stayed in the UK is not just because of my baby daddy but it's because I arrived here when I was 20. I had Lilu when I was 25.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I spent most of my adulthood in the UK and if I go home, air quotes, yeah. I, it's, it's not home, France is where I go on holiday, where I visit my family. But home for me is in the UK. At the moment, I'm not going to stay here forever. But that's why like I've never really occurred to me to go back to France.
0: You don't ever miss the French culture and growing up there? Because you spent still 20 years in, in France is a long time
1: yeah the thing is in france i moved a lot around i changed school a lot we lived uh, in the north and then in the middle and then you know so i've never been really like i never grew up in the family home and if i go back home for example i go back where i grew up you know Mm -hmm. so i don't i miss i miss my family absolutely i miss the food absolutely
0: yeah i when i went to the uk i was not a fan of the food it was very very bland
1: very very bland greasy sugary for some reason in everything so yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i've never been to france but i imagine there's there's very very good um uh wine very good cheese Food in general. Just food in general, right? The cooking. My my uncle is a chef. He loves French food, loves, loves French food, always tells me about French food and how much he likes it. His like dream is to go to Paris, so I think my aunt is trying to work on that to go to Paris with uh, her and her family at some point. But, Aww. Yeah, I did not like the UK food. I was not, I just did not understand why it was so bland. They, they like don't even salt their eggs or anything. It was, uh, I was not a fan of it. <laughs> but um, so you don't foresee yourself staying in the UK forever. Where would you like to see yourself in the future for you and your child?
1: I don't really know. Like The next step for me is to go to maybe Spain. Because I want Lilu to be able to learn another language so she can be um trilingual
0: Oh I was going to ask you are you teaching her French
1: Yes 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 so she's bilingual at the moment and I that would be amazing if she could learn Spanish I could learn Spanish and um my goal at the moment is to be near the sea I need the beach I need the mm-hmm. uh, waves I, I agree <laughs> Yeah I I just I've never lived by the seaside and I, we went on holidays and we went to Barcelona with, for my birthday with uh, my kids uh, and we just fell in love. And I think that's my mm-hmm. next step. I'm not going to move there forever. But I think for a little while uh, that would be nice. Uh, and then wherever
0: life takes think, you,
1: life takes me. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I went to Barcelona and I fell in love with there too. That that place is is so beautiful, and the the sangria, the paella, the food, awesome. the culture, just wow. how much history. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh, What's sad is, is you traveled to like Europe.
0: No, just to Barcelona and to to um, London. That okay. was really it. I haven't been to to anywhere else after that, but mm. would love to go. Would love to take my wife there um, one mm. day. And um, well, yeah, when I came back, I remember I was really, really looking into how to get a visa and how to go over there. But one thing that I always read was there's not too many jobs in, in Spain or something, yeah. which is uh, a sad thing.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: Um, next thing I wanted to ask you, um, if you don't mind me asking, in your I listened to one of your episodes, which is why I know a bit about information about you before we even started talking. You said that the relationship with your baby daddy wasn't the greatest And um, I wanted to just, if you're comfortable with it, emphasize on that. Why did you choose to continue staying with him all that time?
1: I think, you know, we live in a society where passion is portrayed. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be passionate, you need to be excited all the time. Uh, Fear the boredom, you know. And I think that I am a very passionate person. And I was really young, I met him here. Uh, it was kind of cool, like to be with someone here. We moved in together, and I felt like an adult. And oh, I'm completely free, and I've got this handsome boyfriend. And even though it's not perfect, nothing is perfect. And I remember once my mom, when I was really young, she told me that um, oh, this generation of kids talking about my generation. They always throw away stuff, you know, oh, we're not happy with this, we throw it away. We're not happy with a relationship, we throw it away. And no one commits anymore. And you always stuck with me. And you need to be careful of how you say stuff. She didn't mean it in a bad way. But I think that because she said that, I've always thought, okay, I need to be more committed and I, I don't want to give up and I don't want to be in this um, in this generation of throwing stuff away. And is, yeah. yeah. So I think when I was with him, um I tried to hold on to it and I think I was trying to be a savior. You know, oh yeah, but I can make him better. And and I had so many friends. They put me out of the house. They put me on another in another flat. I came back all the time. One one friend actually put me on a on a coach. He was like, you're going to Paris? Goodbye. I they literally
0: back. were. They bought the ticket for you and they sent you yeah. off.
1: Yeah, they they waited with me in the middle of the night for the coach, and uh, and uh, and I came back.
0: So your friends knew. Your friends were aware that this was I, not a I, healthy relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a very extrovert person,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I can't hide anything. And I need this as like a therapeutic like i don't know whatever mechanism yeah yes and i think to express myself and so i have nothing to hide i don't think you know um mental problems should be hidden i don't think uh domestic violence or should be hidden no you need to express yourself and people to know about it to be able to protect you or to know you know mhm and so, yeah, my friends knew about it. They tried to protect me, but, you know, you can't really do anything. If someone doesn't want to listen to you or do whatever you tell them to do, you can't force them.
0: And what were, like, some of the main issues that were, were really troubling your relationship?
1: Um, so, he's not on. He's not the only one in the wrong. And, and I, it was not, like, a huge extent uh, of, like, domestic abuse, like... Um, It was not every weekend was like a black eye, you know, like some women's have. Did it ever
0: get physical?
1: Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was physical. um, It was uh, a lot of um, mental as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And can you some so mental abuse for a lot of people? Because a lot of people, when they think of abuse, obviously they think of physical. And without realizing that mental abuse is is horrible because mental abuse is meant to keep you in a certain position to make you feel like you can't live without that person yep. and that you don't want to leave, that you can't do anything and that you're worthless and they're right. So mental yeah. abuse is sometimes even worse than physical abuse, I think.
1: I think it is. And especially because you don't see it coming. Um, I think he was guys me a lot, which means that, you know, when you say, you know, like back in the days when women were put in mental institutions so easily and the husband, because they wanted to get rid of the woman, they were like, yes, she said that. And she's crazy. She keeps saying this. And the woman was like, I've never said that. But then they start believing it. Or did I say that? And I always give this example because this is exactly still happening. And this is what happened to me. You know, he was, uh, he was telling me, Oh, you said that, and I and I was five hundred percent sure that I didn't say that because if I said that, I would have done that because I know yeah. my but because I don't have a lot of confidence, he knew that and he knew that he could make me doubt myself. And he did it so well, and I started doubting myself. And I remember once I said to my friend, but you were there, right? This happened and my friend was like, Yes, absolutely. But if my friend was not a witness, I would have actually said to my ex-boyfriend, Yes, you are completely right. You know?
0: Yeah. And I so, think no this, continue. Is I'm
1: sorry. this is this is the worst because as soon as you start doubting yourself and thinking that they are right, and so that makes them powerful. Powerful means they can get violent uh physically.
0: And then know? they feel like they can get away with anything because exactly. they can just and convince
1: that- you. Yeah, and then the person, like the victim, gets completely crazy. You're like, I know that I was not an angel, and then you get crazy and you get angry and you start shouting and you know, and and then you hurt so much because you're you you do not know what's going on. You're getting crazy, absolutely. Mm. And I think that, um, well, you know, I I don't think it's a secret. I don't want it to be a secret. But for example, the way we made our baby. It was a baby made out of love,
0: mm-hmm. a
1: certain kind of love, but it was love. But it was made out of, you do this or I do this?
0: Ultimatums.
1: An ultimatum, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I I really, I knew it at the time, but I was like, no, it's not possible. I'm not this kind of person. Absolutely not. I'm a strong person and I will not give, give in, you know, and I did it. I didn't but I think you know everything happened for a reason and as soon as I had our baby I started being completely overprotective about over myself and her and I think it made me realize that what was going on what I wanted to do what I wanted to to be as well so did you
0: parent together for a little bit did you try and work it out when after the baby was born
1: Yes. So just before the baby was born, uh, actually she was she had to be born just a little bit earlier because he did something really bad that made me really stressed and um, he affected the baby inside and
0: mm-hmm. so
1: no nothing physical. I'm not just to be yeah physical. yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And uh, but then I was like, it's fine, it's fine. We can work it out. And when she was four months old. I left the house with the baby. We moved out, but uh, until her first birthday, we we were on and off together. We were trying to make it work, and we were trying to, yeah, yeah, make it work for the family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And what we'll finally pushed you away from saying, "Okay, I can't." There are some people you just can't salvage. You can't fix everyone.
1: Manipulation. Mm -hmm. manipulation all the way he was getting crazy you know um, I had my own flat with my baby I was uh, getting back on my feet and uh, he was coming to this studio flat and taking over and disrespecting me and making me think I was crazy when at that point I was like excuse me I'm not crazy I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm extremely clear in my head right now so he had no power over me at all and I realized that he was not trying to make any effort and he was, go- he was just toxic for me and my daughter. Like I didn't, I didn't want, you do, no one wants their kids to grow up in like a loud shouting environment. We were not shouting when she was born because I was not allowing this. Mm-hmm. But like, if we were going to stay together, we, will, we would have raised our baby with people shouting and hating each other and argumenting all the time. No one wants that, that's not healthy at all
0: no and it's not fair to the kid it's not Absolutely. like they did nothing they did nothing to be put in this position and then now yeah. they got to be constantly worried that their p- parents are arguing and they don't know why so yeah, yeah the, and what but it seems like you did a 180 change where you just all of a sudden became super confident and you were like i'm not taking this anymore like you're not telling me what happened and what didn't happen and you're not going to manipulate me anymore what changed in terms of your confidence
1: yeah i think motherhood as soon as I became a mom, I think as soon as we become parents, we don't see life the same way. Before I was a single girl, a French girl, living in London, partying, having a crazy, amazing, awesome life. To be honest, I had like a really good life, I still do. And, but I think I was just thinking about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I was caring for my friends, my family, but I think I was caring for myself. What do I want to do? What, what's the next party? You know. But as soon as you become a, uh, a parent, I think everything is about the kids. You know, and yes. so because it's about the kids, it needs to be about you as well. So if you need the kid to be good growing in a great way the kind of child you want them to become maybe you need to change yourself
0: i saw a post that you had on instagram that had said you were done you know some uh hiding that the fact that you had a child was there ever a point where you felt like that was necessary that you were uh you didn't want people to know that that you were a single mother
1: still do i still do
0: still and I, I know what, it what, is- yeah what brings that that like that feeling towards you why do you feel like you have to hide that
1: i don't know because there is i think many many reasons one is that i'm 30 and i look very young i am very petite hey,
0: me too and, join the club
1: yeah and i've got <laughs> very young facial features mm-hmm. um and I remember once I was with Lilou uh, eating an ice cream on a bench and then grandma and her grandson came to me and she said, oh, are you the au pair? And I was like, what kind of question is that? You don't go go to someone, a stranger and say, oh, are you the au pair?
0: Yeah, that's really rude.
1: This is really rude. And I was like, no, I'm the mother. Thank you. <laughs> she didn't mean it in a bad way. And I I didn't put this French attitude, don't worry. But I was like, really? Ugh, no. And, and I think I don't, I don't want to be like... Um, and no offense to uh, teenage moms and because you need to have balls, sorry, to do this, like <laughs> as a kid when you're you're a kid uh, or a young adult. But I didn't want to be this because I was not. I was not a teenage mom. And so I think I was kind of um, shy, shy, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say a shame, but like, yeah, shy. I don't know. Shy Uh, to
0: the fact that you had a a child and I guess you look so young that people...
1: Yeah, oh, that's the stereotype of like this teenage uh, girl and she has a baby and she's not with the dad anymore. And then Mm -hmm. you can't go along with other moms because they don't even talk to you and they just make up those stories. And you know what? No one said that to me ever. Or I've never heard any like anyone saying this about me but it's just something that i made in my head and i was like oh just in case just in case i don't want people to think about this or um and another thing is i think i don't want people to like the person i am today just because of my kids you know don't yeah. be friends me just because you pity me because i'm a single mom or don't be a friend with me just because my kid is amazing you know because she's pretty amazing <laughs> and, um, i don't know i think and another and the last one is because i don't want because i'm looking for like a permanent job at the moment and i feel that i don't want to lose an opportunity because i'm a parent and especially a single parent
0: is that a thing like they will consider you less as a candidate if if you are a single parent?
1: Listen, I've posted this on Instagram, the thing that you just said, you talked about. Yeah. uh, Literally, like a few weeks ago, like a month ago or something. It was not long ago. And I've been looking for a job since April. Okay? Mm -hmm. Every time I said it, you know, for example, the normal question, oh, what's your biggest motivation or what are you most proud of outside work? And I've always been like open about the fact that I was a single mother and he pushed myself, you know, like the basic thing. And every time they write something down and I'm like, ooh, and they never call me back. Mm-hmm. A few, actually, this week, someone um, a friend of mine was working somewhere and she was like just come with me just work with me just to have extra money and to do something new just to anyway And i was like okay it's not going to be permanent but i can do that and i was going to say no for the job after a shift i did there and i had the manager on the phone and she is a woman no kids no husbands but she told me yeah you think he's not gonna work but i don't think it's gonna work because you know you're a mother and you're alone and um yeah it's not gonna work and i was like oh my god
0: that's like open discrimination
1: don't ever yeah i could sue you don't say yeah. that,
0: Seriously. You that
1: with a recording you know um so yes of course it is something of course it's a discrimination
0: that's horrible that's really horrible that you have to go through that because if people actually got to know your story and the way you tell it it sounds like having a child was actually what gave you responsibility and what turned your life onto a better path of being more responsible and thinking of not just yourself and just partying and if people knew that story they would actually pro- they should probably look at you in a better light that you did take that that responsibility because how many single mothers you know have a child and then continue partying will just leave the kid with their their grandparents or whatever you Mm -hmm. actually became more responsible so that's really sad that's horrible that that happens damn
1: (sighs) Uh, it will come around it will come around it's fine
0: yeah (laughs) You should definitely never feel ashamed of it, honestly, because it's a good story and it obviously happened for a reason and you're a better person because of it. Mm. So I don't think it should be anything you are you should be ashamed of. But that does suck that we live in a society that would turn you down just because you're a single mother. That's horrible. Yeah. Um mm. From the the guests that you you bring on your podcast, have you learned anything that has helped change your life, that has given you a life lesson where you're like, wow, I'm glad I had that person on and I'm going to apply this to my life? All of them. All of them.
1: I I think that's why I started the podcast, because I believe that every single person in the entire world, even the stupidest person, the person you hate the most, or everyone has an incredible story and something to give us. And I think as well that everyone that you cross paths with, negative or positive, will happen from it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, especially with the last few guests, because I'm ge- becoming more comfortable to ask questions and with the podcast and everything. So I think we get m- more in depth with the people I'm interviewing um, compared to like the first or second one which mm-hmm. are amazing episodes as well. But I think, I feel like, I really believe in like, how the stars works on our mood and like, you know, like the karma and all of this and spirituality last, you're into. Absolutely. And I think the last three people I interviewed, it was incredible because like the first one of those three, I was feeling depressed absolutely depressed i'd never feel depressed but i was feeling depressed it was not going great and i was like gosh i'm so good usually as pushing myself up and like going back and moving forward but it was so hard and this person finally was available for an interview and I got to talk to her and she said amazing stuff to show me that anything is possible. Um, Stuff that I knew already, but I needed to hear it from someone, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, anything is possible and push yourself and, and maybe that's the problem. And she was not talking to me directly. But it was incredible that I got the chance to talk to her at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the same with the second one and the same with the last one. Um, it's always stuff that I know in the back of my mind, but sometimes you need... That's why we do the podcast sometimes. Yeah, you know? of course. We all know in the back of our mind, unless it's a podcast about astrology and you have no idea about the astrology, yeah. but like stuff about lifestyle like, like we do, this is stuff that we know or we heard once or we we listened to, but we never really wanted to hear it or we never really directly listened to it. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think sometimes it's a great way to really hear it from someone else, not just yeah. from
0: you know? And to just learn to learn new yeah. things like always yeah. to have people on that will teach you something new is, is always a great thing Absolutely. and How- then even in my like research that I do when I lead up to the interview I start learning so much I'm like wow this is amazing and then I get to speak to the person and I'm like they have a passion about it so they will know way more that I could get from just the internet they are talking to me about it with passion and that's what I love what are some things that you're passionate about
1: <sighs> I'm passionate about a lot of things that's. That's not very good to have sometimes because I'm all over the place. You Mm -hmm. give me one thing and I'm like, yes, that's amazing. And then another one, oh yeah, that's amazing. Uh, But something that I, it's maybe not a passion, but it's something that I believe in strongly is women's rights. I don't call myself a feminist, but I think I am. Or I'm becoming one. Um... LGBT community, I think, you know, I'm raising my kids with this uh, the, this community around her. You know, she um, she knows a uh, couple of uh, young women who just got engaged, they're getting married. She is friend with, well, my friend, she's close to my friend who is a transsexual. Um, and I really want her to be aware of those uh, differences. For her to grow in a very open-minded and respectful way, you know?
0: That's great. And that's the way that I view it as well. But I have spoken to people that say that there is, you know, uh, an agenda by somebody out there in the media to try and get more kids to become gay by, you know, by exposing them to more gay stuff. They're saying that, you know, cartoons are becoming gay and all this. And like, they have a genuine um, problem with the fact that kids are now seeing this at a younger age, but I'm like, they're gonna see this in the real world. So why shelter them from this? And it's such a strange idea to me, but I don't believe that some people believe in that. And I've spoken to them and they say that, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to homo, homosexualize the kids and stuff. And it's just, Super crazy to me, but some people believe it.
1: I found this crazy because you know what? Those kids, they probably not commit. They will not probably commit suicide when they're gonna turn sixteen mm-hmm. or twenty, because they will know from a young age that's okay. It's not ill, you know. Mm-hmm. My daughter, when she watched the movie or people in the streets and people kissing. A man and a woman. She will say it more often. Ew, you know, like in a funny, cute way. Yeah. Last time there was uh, two men. We were watching on a Netflix Sugar Rush. She's crazy about that show. Mm-hmm. And on a, on one of the episodes, it was a couple of men. They were baking cupcakes, and at the end they kissed, and she was like, "Oh, they're in love."
0: Aww.
1: You know, and th- that was normal, and that's not gonna make my kids being more gay than she would have been like it's something yeah you I, I don't know i found this crazy that people think there is an agenda i think yes there is an agenda absolutely mm. to save people for people to actually accept themselves and for people to accept the other ones yeah. you know for lilu not to be like oh my god this is disgusting you mm. know when she will see her best friends kissing another same sex person, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, another one that's also crazy to me is there are parents that don't want their kids, so if they have a boy, they don't want the boy to play with like kitchen stuff, they don't want them to play with girly dress, they don't wanna do any of that. And then there's the complete opposite side of it where I've met people that they will dress their boy in dresses and they don't care. They let them choose whatever. And then, so it's like, and then it's this weird back and forth with parents, like, oh, how can you do that to your kid? And then it's, but it's, it's so strange to me and I'm not a parent yet, so I'm not there. I don't fully, I don't really think about this too often. My, I'm a godfather, my sister had a baby. So I, I am a godfather and I love, I love him. And if he ever wanted to wear dresses, I don't think I would feel any type of way, but I know there are people that do feel like, "Oh, don't let them, don't let a boy wear dresses like that." Have yeah. you come across anyone like that?
1: I um, come across here, yes, my own family. I've one one member in my family uh, very close to me. Actually, he is horrible. Uh, well, not horrible, but to each their choice. But he's completely different than my views, and. Yeah. and- and i know that for example uh he will never allow me to talk about uh, uh gender natu- neutrality or um homosexuality in front of her his daughter um, but you know what as i said to ease their their views and we need to go forward not backwards
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know but i think it's the the human nature as well to to be different and to have judgment, you know, yeah, that would to always happens. Absolutely. You know, Lily, uh, my kids, I raised her in very gender neutral way. So for example, this year for her fifth birthday, it was a Batman themed birthday party. Mm-hmm. She chose it. It was supposed to be uh, unicorns or something, six months before that, anyway. But it was a Batman. The year before, it was a Frozen party. The year before that, it was a dinosaur party. And I love that she is completely, it's fine, it's fine. But since she started school this year, she started saying, oh, blue is for boys. Blue um, Boys can't wear pink, right? And I've been working on that, no. You you wear whatever you want. You love whatever color you want. Your your favorite color is blue. Are you allowed yes. to have a blue as a favorite color? Of course you are. And I think you know we still in a live in a society where people don't raise their kids in a very respectful or not respectful, but um, what's the word? Um, Never mind, uh like yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah. it's okay to to wear pink to, or blue, mm, whatever gender you're, yeah, accepting, thank you, you're telling my words. No,
0: <laughs> do you find <laughs> that difficult that you'll you'll teach your kid one thing and then they go to school and they might learn something completely different, and then they come back and you're like and you have to kind of you know guide them on on their beliefs
1: um I don't think it's really well, it is difficult, but I think it's gonna be like this not even just for that topic it's like this for everything you know mm-hmm. um someone's gonna beat someone someone else and then the kids come back and oh he beats this person and then you have to teach them that no, it's not okay to beat up someone mm-hmm. or like in any any kind of things you have to guide them this is your role as a parent
0: mm-hmm. um and what what do you think uh, at what age do you think it's appropriate to give a kid like a an, a smartphone this is always so interesting to me because they, once you give them an iPhone, they can literally look up anything and that's it. They have the world's knowledge at their fingertips. What is a good age to give a child a smartphone?
1: You know, what? I have no idea because I think that depends on the kids mm-hmm. and their maturity and what they want to do, you know, their agenda <laughs> with, <laughs> the, with the, the phone. I know, for example, when I was 11, and when my brother was eleven, for example, we were not the same at all. He was very childish and free spirited and then I was really independent and careful. And so that depends of the kids. If she gave me an iPhone when I was eleven, I would have been probably better at handling my iPhone than my brother. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's more about their maturity and yeah how they can guide themselves because then they're alone with the iPhone and the internet you know yeah yeah
0: yeah it's tough it's it's gonna be um, there's so much dangers I feel like out there because of the internet for a child that it's just a whole different time to be parenting than you know when our parents were, were raising us
1: yeah it's
0: very That's- very tough times um, I wanted to end off this episode with could you, do you have any words of encouragement for listeners? Um, How can people stay positive because there's just so much crazy stuff going on in the world today that I think we need some uplifting words every now and then.
1: Yes, you know what, I was just talking to my grandfather, he's amazing, Um, on Monday and so just a few days ago and he was telling me that we were living in this world that we are so about think about yourself um i think we are very individualist Mm And so we we are trying to think about ourselves too much, take care about ourselves, be more independent, so much that we don't think about other people, other people's beliefs uh, or what they care about. And I thought it was really interesting because actually I was kind of trying to raise my kid being like, Do you, do you think about yourself, um, follow your path, don't care about people, other choices or what they want you to do. No, do you. And after talking to my granddad, I was like, yeah, we should actually care more about other people. Don't care, Mm -hmm. just not too much about yourself. Try to be confident, but don't be overconfident that you're actually selfish. You know? Yeah. But I think what I would say to this question is that everyone has something good or great in them. And I think that I wish I had this advice when I was younger, not even just a few years ago. And there is something you're really good at you know, at doing and you be you need to find it and be confident and you can do whatever you want. Hey,
0: bravo, bravo. Very good words of encouragement. Uh, I think it suits right up your alley of what your podcast is about, way of living. And how does it feel to be on the other side of the microphone as uh, answering the
1: question? Super stressful, so stressful (laughs) and (laughs) fun. And I always do this um, after a few sentences and I hate when I listen to myself and doing this because obviously I'm not able to edit anything. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's really stressful. It's nice, it's nice. It's interesting because then you can see what people feel when you interview them, you know?
0: Exactly. It's always a a good perspective to be on the other side of it. And you did great. You did good. I think podcasting is a great way for people to also develop better uh, speaking skills and more presentational skills. They should definitely like integrate this into school curriculums for people because they would get a lot more confidence being on the microphone every week talking to people.
1: Absolutely. I think you're right.
0: Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is a great time. Uh, I love that we spoke about just... Everything. Nearly everything. Yeah, had literally had no, had no general direction. There are questions that I didn't get to, such as Brexit, but I think this was great. And I would love to have you back on the show in the future.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you to everyone who's tuned in this week for another great episode. A special thank you to our guest, Morgan, the host of Way of Living podcast. Go check out her show and make sure to leave her a review because she's someone who's really dedicated to just helping uplift and empower others. And it's great. You know, her show is wonderful. She speaks to all different types of people about how they've managed to switch and make the maneuver over to a new career change. So go check her out. Way of Living Podcast. Special thank you to everyone who supported this show the half a year since June that we started. The year is coming to a close and I can't wait for next year. I got a lot of great ideas, a lot of cool new things that I want to do. I want to do more video work. I want to do more uh, documentary style work. I was just at a podcast meeting with some other creatives the other night and I'm super excited to link up with them. We got really cool projects coming your way. So thank you to everyone who supported so far. My name is Xavier Diaz, and this was a Pretty Normal Podcast.